Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, here. Again, just want to start off by thanking everyone that listens and that has subscribed to the Unbothered podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please make sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. So today, Friday, a lot to get into. Jim Harbaugh kind of had an introductory press conference yesterday reacting to that. Dan Quinn, hired with the Commanders. Mike McDonald went to the Seahawks. All coaching positions are now filled. And then I'm also going to talk about Nick Bosa, Chiefs, and then I'm going to be doing a deep dive middle end of a podcast into quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, GOAT conversation, all that. Looking forward to discussing all that, breaking it down. But let's get started with Jim Harbaugh and the Los Angeles Chargers. So Jim Harbaugh, again, yesterday was at his press conference for the Chargers, uh, asked what the goals are for the team, and he said, and I quote, it needs to be multiple, multiple championships. We're going to be humble, humble and hungry, but that's our goal. Our goal is to treat people in a first-class manner and win multiple championships. So, there you have it. And, uh, of course, that is the goal. That's what every coach says, you know, win championships. Again, that is the ultimate goal. Uh, I think out of all the hires, Jim Harbaugh is the best coach of the new hires, but also in the best situation to go out and win multiple championships because he does have the best quarterback of the of that you know coaching free agent class in Justin Herbert. So he can win multiple championships. The path is set out for him. Yes, they have to tweak some things with the roster, uh, get out of their uh, salary cap problems. But, again, the Chargers can do it. So, the question becomes, is he going to win multiple championships? And, to me, the answer is no. I don't see Jim Harbaugh the Chargers winning multiple championships. Can I see them winning one? Yes. Uh, but, it's the first three years are going to be crucial for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, If he doesn't get one in the first three years, I have a tough time seeing him win after that. Uh, Because I think, again, he's going to be really good right away. He's come into a lot of places in one. You look at San Diego, you look at Stanford turning around in one year. Michigan turning them around in one year. San Francisco, same thing, NFC Championship game one year. He's turned all these programs around in one year. And they've been good multiple years after that. He's really only stayed at places... I think four years was the max before Michigan. All been good. You know, the fourth year of the... Uh, the uh, what's it called? The Niners job. Eight and eight got fired. Fourth year of Michigan. Uh, I believe he went eight and five that year. Uh, had a couple of bad years in the middle of the year before this final three-year stretch. So I think it's same with the Chargers. He's got some good players in place. He has an advantage because he was in the college football world. Uh, He can hire people from Michigan and other colleges, uh, scouting, things like that, to hit on a lot of draft picks, which I think he is going to do, bring some of the Michigan players over as well, uh, have some familiarity. So I think these first three years are going to be crucial. I think they're going to be a playoff team the whole three years, but that is the, you know, prime window to win a championship game is, you know, Justin Herbert entering his prime Uh, Jim Harbaugh still in his early 60s. 
you don't win in these first three years, it's going to get more difficult. There's always more talent coming into the league. So if he doesn't win in the first three years, I don't see him winning, you know, years four, five, six. Maybe one of the last years like he did with Michigan is when he finally gets that ring. Uh, but those first three years, again, are going to be huge for the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm excited for the Chargers. I already can't wait for next year's football season. Uh, Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers, I think it's going to be a fun, exciting team uh, competing against Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes have had great battles, but there's been an obvious coaching mismatch. Don't believe there is a huge gap in coaching now. Uh, going to be exciting. Um, looking forward um, to Jim Harbaugh in this in this Chargers team. All right. Next up, another coach. Dan Quinn officially hired by the Washington Commander. So a lot of people, you know, were confused by this move, didn't like the move, considering the last impression of Dan Quinn was his defense got torched for 48 points. Jordan Love picked him apart. Aaron Jones ran all over him. Uh, so a lot of people cooled on Dan Quinn. But, you know, Washington Commanders uh, were the last team standing without a coach, and they went without Dan Quinn. So is this just a thing of, oh, uh, we got the last of the litter? And I don't think they should feel like that. Again, people have soured on Dan Quinn because of that. But I think Dan Quinn uh, is a great hire for this job. Why? Because when you looked at what he did with Atlanta, turned them around quickly, got them, got them to a Super Bowl. And I think what Dan Quinn can do is is not talked about enough uh, around the NFL. A lot of people talk about offensive-minded coaches uh, in play calls and schemes. But I think an equally important thing to build in the NFL with a new team, new ownership group, again, is the culture. And I think this is specifically for the Washington Commanders uh, who haven't had a good culture, whose owner, you know, was, you know, forced to basically sell the team and get out of the NFL for being a creep and a weirdo, you know, just a bad guy. So new ownership is in here. They want to build up the culture. And I don't think there's anybody to do that better than that than Dan Quinn, uh, probably second to Jim Harbaugh out of the coaching cycle. But Dan Quinn, defensive guy, is going to get the commander's locker room in order. Isn't harsh or rigid like a Bill Belichick or anyone like that. Uh, but I think is a very well-respected coach, was well-liked in Seattle when he was a defensive coordinator in Atlanta, and then the Cowboys the past few years where he was the defensive coordinator. Uh, Micah Parsons only had glowing things to say about him, you know, how much he means to him, does a great job uh, finding ways not only for you, but for you to love the game, treats me like a friend, not just as a player, is easy to have tough conversations with. Uh, you know, he's a player's coach, and that's what you want to hear. So I think he's going to build a good culture around um, the commanders. I also think he was the most respected coach in the Dallas organization. Uh, so the commanders got, I think, a home run fit for culture. Their defense is bad. Dan Quinn, defensive guy, guess what? He can build up the defense. I think if they hire an OC, now that's the second most important thing. They got the coach. Now they need that offensive coordinator. If they can find the right offensive coordinator, this can be a good team. We saw that with the Falcons. They had Dan Quinn. They found the right offensive coordinator in Kyle Shanahan. 
So if they find the right coordinator, again, I think this could be a team that could win the division or make the playoffs next year. I really do think so. Why? Because they got the coach. Now you need the offensive coordinator. That's your only question mark because you have the most cap space in the NFL. You can sign some of the deficiencies you have in the roster. You have a ton of draft picks, including the second round pick, which you can use as a quarterback. So things are looking up for the commanders. I like this hire a lot for them. So conversely, liking this hire for them, I think it's a big loss for the Dallas Cowboys. And I know Cowboys are saying, you know, doesn't matter. Uh, he's going to the commanders. Good for him. Now we can torch his defense. All that. Uh, you're not going to find a great replacement for Dan Quinn. Uh, we have, don't know who he's going to hire as DC. Is it going to be somebody from the Cowboys that he worked with? Uh, we'll see. Uh, but they're losing this great defensive mind. So their defense is going to take a step back. I don't think it's going to be a seamless transition. It hurts this team uh, because their defense has been top five the past uh, few years. Yes, the thing has been to run the football against them, but I just don't think that's a Dan Quinn thing. I think he does the best he can to uh, contain them, have his offense take the lead so that he can rush the passer because they don't have big guys in the defensive line or the linebacker position. I know Micah Parsons talked about that on the podcast. Don't like him saying it publicly. I'm fine with the media saying it. Uh, But Dan Quinn did the best with what he got. And what is that? A top five unit with the Cowboys. That's all you can ask for. That's what he did. Uh, And I think the Cowboys are going to miss that. All right. Next up, Mike McDonald. Seahawks hire. So, uh, full disclosure, brother, uh, if you listen to some of my original episodes, had him on. Uh, big Seahawks fan. So, he was very happy about this hire. Uh, you know, elated. And I do think it is a good hire. I think it's a big thing because they just had the oldest coach in the NFL at 72. Mike McDonald is 36. Half the age of Pete Carroll. This is big because it allows you room to grow. You don't need to be good, great your first year. You got this young guy and you have this long, you know, landing way, so to speak, for Mike McDonald. Um, and I th- again, I think it is a great hire. It's going to end up being a good hire. Uh, they do have to get the quarterback right because they have a lot of pieces. They have DK Metcalf. They have Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, they had two tackles who were good. They got Kenneth Walker, a running back. So it is going to be mainly on the quarterback on the offensive side. So again, similar to Dan Quinn, uh, who's a defensive-minded guy, much like Mike McDonald. He is that defensive guy. Great defense in Michigan, in Baltimore. The key's going to be hiring an offensive coordinator. And on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they do have playmakers. They have Devon Witherspoon, defensive rookie of the year finalist, Tariq Woolen. Last year's Defensive Rookie of the Year finalist. Uh, Julian Love, Quandre Diggs. They have players. Uh, we'll see if Bobby Wagner returns or not, but they have players, especially in the back end. They need a short, the rush defense, a pass rush. But you can do that in the draft. You can get some of those players. And I think Mike McDonald, again, will establish a good culture. Why? He worked with Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh, two of the best culture-setting coaches in the NFL and college football. So he comes from that tree, the Harbaugh tree, 
Uh, I think that's just, again, he's going to fit in great with Seattle. He's going to make them a tough team. He's going to be able to compete in a tough division with Kyle Shanahan and the Niners, with Sean McVay and the San Francisco, or in the Los Angeles Rams. But Mike McDonald goes out and gets a quarterback, gets out and gets an offensive coordinator. Uh, going to be good. Going to be good. So there you have it. You have three new coaches, you know, introductory press conferences, all of that. It's going to be good. Looking forward to all that next year and all their teams. So have some movement there. All coaching positions have been filled. Now pivoting away from coaches, I want to talk about my Detroit Lions. Yes, uh, this you know has the potential to be, I think, one of the greatest takes in media history. And that's my Lions plan. It's all coming together, isn't it? So if you've been following me since the beginning, I uh, started my podcast around when Dan Campbell got hired right around that you know Super Bowl offseason, all that. And the Lions were terrible. I thought they were going to be terrible the first year with Dan Campbell. Why? They didn't have talent. They didn't have players. Uh, you know, they did have Jared Goff, Amon Ra, uh, but it just wasn't it wasn't a team. Um, wasn't good. Uh, didn't have really anybody on defense as before. Either. Hutchinson. I mean, running backs. No Jameer Gibbs. No David Montgomery. DeAndre Swift. I mean, team was lacking a lot of talent. So we finished bad. And I said, this is what's going to happen. They're going to be terrible this year. The following year, they're going to improve, barely miss the playoffs. Then they're going to make the divisional round. Then they'll make the Super Bowl. So I said that, called my shot, and so far, I've hit. Uh, why? First year, they were terrible, 313-1. Second overall pick, got Aiden Hutchinson. Following year, just barely missed the playoffs by one game. Beat the Packers, they'll finish 9-8. Incredible season this year. Again, had them losing in the divisional round to the Niners. Instead, they surpass my expectations and lose to the Niners, not in the divisional round, but in the conference championship. So the next year is the Super Bowl. So why is it next year? Well, because they have more continuity with the offense. Uh, Ben Johnson is returning is huge. Aaron Glenn is returning. You have pieces returning. Uh... The offense, I think, is going to be great next year. You have guys in the in their second year now. Jameer Gibbs, uh, Sam Laporta will be better. I think Jay, they finally trust Jamison Williams and using Jamison Williams. Uh, pairing with a Monroe, that can be a great combination next year. Uh, the offense will be good. You saw Frank Ragnow, uh, Panay Sewell, offensive line, Taylor Decker. Still going to be great. All still signed. Um, defense. Again, biggest question mark, but Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, of course, is your star. Other players can make plays, the Derek Barnes, the Rodrigo, Anzalone. The key's going to be the secondary. And, you know, last year they improved the defense. They went from, you know, dead last to, or second to dead last, uh, to, you know, mediocre 15 in 16 and uh, yards and, you know, 20, 23rd in points. So next year, I expect the defense to take another leap because they can address the issues. The cornerback, they can address it draft, uh, free agency. They still have around, I think, $30 million in cap space, which is a decent amount for a team that made the conference championship game. Uh, so you have that. I do think the Lions can win the Super Bowl next year. Uh, again, I have never picked the Lions to win the Super Bowl this year, if you remember my 
Bengals-Cowboys pick was this year. Again, Joe Burrow got hurt, and the Cowboys just, you know, fumbled it away. Lions, I don't know if I'll pick them to win the Super Bowl next year, but to represent the NFC, yeah, I like it. Why? Because uh, San Francisco is back in the Super Bowl. I think they're going to take a step back. Uh, Brock Purdy's extension will soon be on the line. That will deplete some of the talent around them. They'll also be getting older, already a veteran team. You have uh, Eagles fumbling. You have uh, the Cowboys embarrassing loss, losing the defensive coordinator. They'll pull back a bit. So the team that you know worries me outside of is really the Rams. That's a team that's like, yeah, they can be good again next year. So Lions are in prime position. I looked at the opponents as well. Have a, even though they finished, you know, with the best record or my bad, best record and team in their division, they do have a favorable schedule. Um, next year, getting the AFC South. Uh, yes, I have to play the first team teams in the NFC, uh, but it's not as bad of a schedule his teams have had in the past. Why? Because this year they got the AFC West out of the way. We went four zero. Don't think they do that next year. So. Things are looking good for the Lions next year. I'm just saying, my plan's all coming together. But prediction, again, it could be one of the greatest takes in media history. I just want to get back, you know, that out of the way because I did call that and do want to remind people of that. Now let's talk about Nick Bosa and the Chiefs. So Nick Bosa was asked yesterday about the tackles of the uh, Chiefs, and he says they hold a lot. And, you know, I respect it because guess what? It's true. Uh, you, it's not a shot at the Chiefs or the team, and people are going to take it as a shot. I know Travis Kelsey will because he's has a lot of issues and insecurities, obviously, after going at Justin Tucker for practicing and warming up before a game. So, uh, you know, obviously, if you've got issues with that, uh, there's a lot of other issues you have in your life. Um, so Nick Bosa said this true fact about the Chiefs, that they hold a lot. Again, it's not a shot. Uh, why? Well, Jawan Taylor is the most penalized tackle in the league. The right tackle? Uh, yes, he is the most penalized. It's not a debate. It was a fact this year. Holding calls, false starts, not that good. Left tackle, Donovan Smith. Uh, if you remember him with the Bucks last year. Most penalties last year at left tackle position. This year uh, hasn't been good. So the tackles are not good. Andrew Tooney, who sees if he goes out. So the Chiefs offensive line, not as good as it was last year. Uh, they, found, they found ways to win in the playoffs. Sh- running the football. Uh, short screens. Uh, bubble routes. Not a lot of passing down the field at all. Um, so Nick Bosa, again, didn't take a shot, but called his shot. So what does he have to do now? Back it up. He has to go out against Jawan Taylor, Donovan Smith, and Donovan dominate. And I think he can. I think this defense, um, you know, that got um, shredded uh, by the Lions and Niners. What do they do? A lot of zone runs, zone run concepts against the the zone run defense of the Niners again. And I've talked about it, which isn't very good. The Chiefs they can run the football. But they don't run a lot of those zone run concepts. They run power concepts uh, straight down there. Not a lot of motion in the run game. Uh, pulling tackles uh, exotically. But here you have something 
that, you know, will the Chiefs adapt and try to do that? I don't know. Pacheco doesn't really run that way. I think they can stop Pacheco, uh, and we'll see. Uh, again, not making my Super Bowl pick, uh, but I do think this is going to be a close, competitive Super Bowl. Looking forward to it. But now it's time to talk about Mahomes. Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. So I've said this all year this year. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. It's not debatable. He is the best quarterback, two-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion. Uh, This will be his fourth Super Bowl appearance in five years. Yes, uh, this is the best quarterback. Uh, But he does have rivals right now and players uh, that can knock him off. Uh, You know, only one person is, you know, two people have done it. Um, One's retired in Tom Brady, but one is his biggest rival. Again, got injured this year, so missed it. So Mahomes is in this class by himself. But I think there are others who can, again, depending on the result, if Mahomes wins this Super Bowl, gets his third very hard for any of the quarterbacks right now to get to the Mahomes level. Uh, but, you know, I think Mahomes' main rivals right now that, you know, I wouldn't say he fears, but that, you know, he doesn't want to play. Number one's Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow, 3-1 and one against him uh, in his career so far. One of those wins was in the AFC Championship game, uh, you know, regular season you know, and this was mentioned by Ryan Clark of ESPN, and, you know, I couldn't agree more. Uh, he talked about Joe Burrow being the really only rival for Mahomes is because he can slow down his heartbeat. Uh, he doesn't get, um, you know, amped up or worked up. It's just even keel, and again, which I talked about, the the Brady sort of mindset that, you know, can he get hyped up before the game? Sure. But on the field, it's it's level. Uh, and he's not worried or anxious. He just goes out and makes the plays. And that's why one of his nicknames is Joe Cool. So, to me, Joe Burrow is the biggest Mahomes rival. And to me, there is separation, really, from one and the two through five that I'm going to name. So, Joe Burrow is there. He's been to a Super Bowl. Uh, didn't win it behind the worst offensive line in football. But Joe Burrow is the clearest rival to me for Mahomes. And has shown that he can beat him not only in the regular season, but in the playoffs. Number two, Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, you know, plays against Mahomes, and they put up the same numbers. Uh, I think Mahomes has one victory edge over Allen, but the thing is, Mahomes has always beat him in the playoffs. Josh Allen's never beat Mahomes. But Josh Allen uh, is here because he is physically talented, if not more than Patrick uh, Mahomes, and again, physically talented, you know, is just traits and things like that, not actual, you know, mechanics, accuracy, things like that, but Josh Allen can make the throws, uh, and can run the football better than Mahomes even can, so I put Josh Allen there at three, and he's shown that, again, he can beat him, at least in the regular season, not in the postseason, but, you know, to me, if you can win in the regular season, you can eventually win in the postseason. Number three, Lamar Jackson. I put Lamar Jackson here because he is going to win his second MVP. That is how much Mahomes has had. So that is a big thing. Uh, he just doesn't have the wins over Patrick Mahomes. One regular season win against him. That is it. 
end of career. Uh, he's got to win more. I uh, got to prove that he can step up in these big games. Four, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert has beat Mahomes before, always has had good games, but there's been that coaching mismatch. Coaching mismatch ends this year with Jim Harbaugh, and I expect Justin Herbert to maybe pass Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen for a rival spot. If at number five, I didn't find another AFC one, Aaron Rodgers has never played him. Tua, let's not even mention it. So the rival is really in the NFC, and that's Jalen Hurts, uh, because they had the Super Bowl matchup, the rematch this year, which Jalen Hurts won, and Jalen Hurts was fantastic in the Super Bowl, uh, outplayed Mahomes, uh, outplayed Mahomes in the rematch this year. So Jalen Hurts and these big matchups, big key kind of guy, is really good. Uh, and I know Jalen Hurts and the team tailed off the end of the year, uh, but I ain't worried about uh, uh, them. So, again, much like Tom Brady uh, had his rivals, even though they didn't have a ton of success, you know, with Peyton Mannings, uh, Philip Rivers, uh, people like that, you know, Mahomes does have his rivals now. But speaking of Mahomes and the rivals, let's talk about the GOAT conversation, something that, you know, shouldn't even be a conversation or topic. But you have all these, uh, you know, they're not even, some of them are former football players, unfortunately, but most of them are just media people who are just always looking at the next big thing, want the next thing, is ready to crown someone else. So it's Mahomes versus Brady. Some people are already saying Mahomes is the best I've ever seen, the greatest quarterback of all time. Some people have already put Mahomes at number one, which to me is just absurd, again, that we're having this conversation because Mahomes hasn't actually won three yet. He's just won two. Uh, And I just, you know, there's a couple things that I want to touch on here. Brady has all the career stats. Uh, All the career stats Brady has, again, uh, number one of the passing yards, touchdowns, wins, everything, playoff wins, playoff touchdowns, Super Bowl touchdowns, yards, passing, all that. Every record... Uh, You know, career-wise, he has. Super Bowl-wise, he has. Playoff yards, he has. In the game, all that. So he's got all that. You know, the one that Mahomes just took from him is the quarterback duo, and that was him and Kelsey taking over Brady and Gronk. But that was a duo thing, not like a solo thing. So congratulations to them. So you have all the career stats. Uh, They have the same amount of 5,000 passing yard seasons, which is two. Mahomes already has two. Will he probably have another one and break that tie? Yes, but guess what? Will that put Mahomes alone? No, because Breeze has the most passing 5,000 passing yards. I think he has five seasons. So Mahomes would have to get Ford to surpass even Breeze because we'll really be looking at that as an indicator. Same amount of 50 touchdown seasons. Uh, just one. Again, it's really tough to do in the NFL, uh, but there they have it. A uh, couple other things I want to mention. You know, just for seasons, if we're looking at it like that, Brady's led the league in passing yards four times and passing touchdowns five times. So far in his career, Mahomes has led the league in passing yards once and twice in passing touchdowns. I honestly think it's going to be hard for Mahomes to pass Brady in those single season categories of passing yard champion and passing touchdown champion. Why? Uh, Kelsey's getting older. Don't know how much he's going to play. You look at the receiving core, not great. And you just look at the quarterbacks around the league, the Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, 
Justin Herbert, you just have guys and people are throwing the ball a lot more. Uh, it's going to be hard for Mahomes to constantly be that top dog. Again, it was hard for Brady because he had Drew Brees, uh, who was sensational every year. Peyton Manning, again, one of the great quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers. So it's not like Brady didn't have the competition. But he did elevate himself multiple times ahead of the current comp- competition. So we'll see if Mahomes does the same thing. So you have those career numbers-wise. So, you know, you know somebody tallied, you know, the number, try to calculate uh, the current totals of Lamar or Patrick Mahomes to get him to 40 years old. So that's 12 years, project him out over 12 years to see where he'd stack up against Brady. And it's like 5,000 yards. So the passing yards, Patrick Mahomes to get to 40 would be at 88,000 yards. That's around 1,000 behind Tom Brady. So he wouldn't pass him yet, even at 40. Touchdowns he would, 687 to Brady, 649. Completions would be about 300 behind Tom Brady, uh, so that'd be about a season or two. Uh, even wins would be about 30, uh, again, a couple seasons. And that's just assuming that Patrick Mahomes plays at this high level, doesn't get injured in the you know, you know, 17 thing. So again, can he come close? But it's going to be tough to get those career numbers. So you have some people saying, oh, you know, he doesn't need to get the career numbers. It's like, okay, uh, if he gets close, then he's got to have the Super Bowls. And to me, he's, he has to have eight Super Bowls. Because to me, the biggest kicker of this GOAT debate is we talk, you know, the biggest debate we have in sports outside of the NFL GOAT debate, it's the NBA. And it's LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Uh, again, Michael Jordan won six rings, six for six. Uh, but he was also dominant, averaged 30 points uh you know, season for basically his entire career. Uh, Help people without rings. He was phenomenal. You had LeBron. He's won four rings, but he's four and six in those. Is he a more complete basketball player than Michael Jordan? Probably, but there's just factors that people like. You know, the playoff efficiency is unmatched for Michael Jordan. He really stepped up in those moments. LeBron James didn't, but didn't, did, but didn't in the level Michael Jordan did. But the one thing people uh, would like to know is, man, only if we saw LeBron James versus Michael Jordan, or even LeBron versus Kobe, we never saw those matchups. So, you know, you have these people, LeBron James chasing a ghost because he never played them. Mahomes isn't doing that. They played in the same era for a bit, and people forget that. It's mind-boggling to me. They act like Tom Brady's this ancient relic. The dude retired last year. He retired last year. They have played each other on the same field. They're 3-3 three and three against each other. And Mahomes' three wins are all regular season games. So two of uh, Brady's wins are big games in the playoffs. Two of the biggest stages. The first one, the 2018 AFC Championship game. And Brady was better than Mahomes. Won the game. Ended up winning the Super Bowl against the Rams. So you had that, boom, shut down Tom Brady. Or, boom, shut down Patrick Mahomes. Then you had the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. So he went in and outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was terrible. Yes, you can blame the offensive line, but it's funny that these people, when something doesn't go wrong for Patrick Mahomes, oh, guess what? It's his offensive line's fault. It's his receivers. It's not his fault, but Tom Brady... 
team losing uh, last year with the Patriots. It's Tom Brady's fault. None of it was on the weapons, the receivers. It was all on Tom Brady. So don't like those excuses. So Tom Brady, 2-0 in those big games. Uh, and to me, if you know Michael Jordan LeBron played and Michael Jordan got a ring over LeBron, there'd be no discussion. There should be no discussion. Because guess what? Mahomes could actually be the GOAT right now. Think about it. If Mahomes was better than Brady, he would have beat him in those two matchups and would have been the GOAT. He would have. Why? Because he wins the AFC Championship game, stops Tom from getting his sixth ring, so he'd be stuck at five still. And he probably wins his first one because that Rams team, I think, wasn't elite against the AFC. So right now, Patrick Mahomes would have three championships going for his fourth. Let's fast forward to that Super Bowl. Oh, they play each other head dead in the Super Bowl. Guess what? He could have beat him. That means Patrick Mahomes would have four Super Bowls going for his fifth, which would tie Tom Brady. And of course, if he were to win it, it ties Tom Brady. He would have beat Tom Brady the two times head-to-head, and we wouldn't even be having this discussion. Be like, oh, he's the GOAT. But guess what? Tom Brady got his final one against Patrick Mahomes with the Bucks, And got his final one is a Patriot, too. So he won twice in that span against Patrick Mahomes. So it's like, uh, yeah, don't see that happening. So you have the actual production and the rings and all that in Brady's favor. But what about the eye test? I know a lot of people love talking about the eye test. I know. So ESPN creates this great quarterback council every year. It's, I think it's 10 to 12 quarterback traits. Um, so I didn't go back and grade Terry Bradshaw. I never watched him play. Um, Joe Montana. Never watched any of those guys play. So I didn't include them in my quarterback council. I just included guys... Uh, that I've watched or have seen highlights of. Um, so I did include that. And, you know, Tom Brady did take, you know, wasn't number one in all of them, but did take the majority of them. Uh, and I'll just go through them here. So arm strength. Uh, this is who I've seen personally with the best arm, you know, uh, and that's just throwing power, really. Number one's Josh Allen. Uh, never seen a man uh, throw the football as far as Josh Allen. Does. It's sick. And, I, you know, again, I've seen it throughout his career. In the playoffs, dude just launches it. So I have him at arm strength for one. I have Patrick Mahomes at two. Uh, he does have a cannon himself. And then, full disclosure, I'm just ranking until I get to Brady or Mahomes. So some of them might be two, just Brady Mahomes. Some of them might get to eight or something like that. Uh, Brett Favre, I put at three. Another dude, massive arm. Aaron Rodgers, four. John Elway, that's probably the only quarterback that I've watched highlights of because I think John Elway's fantastic. So I have John Elway at five. Uh, Stafford at six. Again, another great quarterback. Herbert at seven. And then I put Tom Brady at eight. So you have a little bit of gap there between Mahomes and Brady. Now, what about accuracy? One, I put Drew Brees. Uh, Most accurate game ever. Bunch of seasons with the highest completion percentage. Uh, He was a great, efficient quarterback. Two, I put Aaron Rodgers. Another guy with high QBRs, completion percentage, touchdown-interception ratio. I put him at two. Three, I put Tom Brady. Wildly effective, and that's why in the projections, he'll finish with more completions than Mahomes. 
because Brady, again, was another efficient quarterback. Uh, you know exactly where to put the ball. Joe Burrow, I put at four. Uh, so far in these three years, there's not been a more accurate quarterback than Joe Burrow. And again, another reason why Joe Burrow reminds me of Tom Brady is the accuracy. And then five, I put Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he is very accurate. Have him at five. Number one is touch. Now, what this is, is not just the arm power, but it's the placement of the ball. Uh, where is it going? You know, putting it in those tight windows, things like that. And I put Tom Brady at one. Uh, and it, this was a close between one and two. Uh, but Tom Brady, to me, you know, did it at the biggest parts of the season. In the playoffs, it'd be like, wow, you watch Tom Brady highlights, especially early, that third Super Bowl. He was making a lot of throws. A lot of people like to say it was all defense in the first three Super Bowls. It wasn't Tom Brady, but three game-winning drives, bunch of great uh, plays by Tom Brady. Hey, biggest spots are Super Bowl and playoffs, and he did it. Didn't put this guy at one because of the great regular season, but he doesn't show up in the postseason. That's Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he does all of his great things in the regular season, but come playoff time, he regresses quite a bit with that touch in the mechanics. So I put Aaron Rodgers at two. I put Peyton Manning at three. Joe Burrow at four. And Patrick Mahomes at five. So again, Tom Brady. Again, you can argue Aaron Rodgers won, but I do count postseason into it. Mechanics. And this is all based on eye test. Mechanics. Tom Brady is the best mechanics uh, ever. Uh, and you can tell this because he put so much work into it. In the offseason, with his TB12 method being pliable, uh, all that, Tom Brady has the best throwing mechanics of all time. Who's two? Drew Brees. Another one that I just saw very fluid uh, throwing the football. Uh, have him at two. Carson Palmer, I think very underrated uh, watching him throw the football. Again, why was he able to lead the Cardinals to a Super Bowl? Because of his mechanics. I have him at three. Peyton Manning at four. Aaron Rodgers at five, and then Patrick Mahomes at six. So again, not there yet. Uh, doesn't have the greatest mechanics, uh, but I have him there at six. Uh, field vision is next. Uh, another important uh, quality to be able to see the field and you know know where to put the ball, even if it's at times throwing the football away, not putting it in a high leverage spot, which you know. Great reference for this is pro football focus. Number one is Tom Brady. Highest rated quarterback of all time in that. He's number one. Two, I put Patrick Mahomes in. Next is decision making. Number one is Tom Brady. Made the best decisions. Pre-snap, all that. Uh, there's no one better than Tom Brady. I did put Patrick Mahomes at two because he is growing in that a lot. And to me, is already better than Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, it, those kind of things. Number one, compete level and toughness. And I kind of put leadership in here in that no one is a better leader than Tom Brady. Uh, and you hear guys, you know, say, I worked for Bill, but I played for Tom. Uh, there's no Patriot way. There's the Tom Brady way. We played for Tom. All this glowingly offensive and defensive side of a ball. You know, I think back to the Bucks Super Bowl run, Devin White and Levante David were leaders of that defense, but they said, Tom Brady talked to us, was, you know, hyping up the defense, and they've never seen a quarterback do that before. Tom Brady affects the whole team. That's why I have him at one. 
I did put Patrick Mahomes at two because I do think, you know, him, Travis Kelsey, a lot of his credit too, they can impact the defense, but uh, Brady's number one there. Rushing ability is next. So this is one Tom Brady is not even in, can't even put him in. Uh, Lamar Jackson is number one. Michael Vick at two. Cam Newton, three. Josh Allen, four. Justin Fields, five. Uh, Jalen Hurts, six. Kyler Murray, seven. Patrick Mahomes at eight. Second reaction ability. So this is pocket closing in, uh, the ability to escape the pocket, move up in the pocket, make a difficult throw. Patrick Mahomes at one. Uh, Probably the best second reaction ability I've ever seen. He made a couple just, you know, great plays against the Ravens, being able to do that. That's why I have him at one. Josh Allen, I have at two. I also believe he's able to scramble from a pocket and make those plays. Aaron Rodgers, I have at three. And Tom Brady, I have at four. Uh, Isn't talked about a lot, but he was one that was able to maneuver, made a couple great plays in the playoffs, you know, even on the run, uh, getting out of a pocket. So I have him at four. So Tom Brady, uh, you know, out of these, you know, quarterback traits, he took home one, two, three, four, five, six of the ten. There you go. Patrick Mahomes took home one. Others took home three. So, Again, he's not even there for my eye test yet, production stats. So here I have the top 10 QBs of all time list I'm going to grace you with. Top 10 quarterbacks of all time. Uh, I'm going to go down from 10 to 1. Number 10, Dan Marino. Uh, Dan Marino, yes, didn't win the Super Bowl. But you say some people like Joe Montana said Dan Marino is the greatest ever. Uh, greatest throwing motion ever again. Haven't watched a lot of tape. But I do respect what people have said in the numbers. Even though he didn't win a Super Bowl, I put Dan Marino at 10. Drew Brees at 9. Drew Brees, I think, is one of, again, hands down one of the best quarterbacks. Uh, Again, was in a world with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning, so he didn't win an MVP, didn't win a Super Bowl. But his numbers were great every year, was efficient, deep playoff runs, did win a Super Bowl. Uh, That's why I have him at 9. Brett Favre. I have it. Eight gunslinger. Too many interceptions for my taste. Uh, but again, a great arm power. Did win a Super Bowl. Multiple MVPs. Great quarterback. Seven, Steve Young. Was one of the first mobile quarterbacks, uh, you can say. Did win a Super Bowl. Was fantastic in his team with the Niners after Joe Montana left. So I have him at seven. Six, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, another one. Still playing great career, four MVPs, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, uh, one of the greatest regular season quarterbacks of all time. If it was, this was just regular season, to me would probably be two or three. Um, but again, including the postseason, a little bit of disappointment, but he's still a fantastic quarterback. Five, John Elway, another one, great arm, uh, two-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, back-to-back, uh, just a great um, quarterback, and I have him at five. Number four, Peyton Manning, five-time regular season MVP. Most MVPs of all time. He won two Super Bowls. One, he was the focal point with Super Bowl MVP. The second last one with the Broncos kind of got carried by the defense. Uh, don't Won't forget that. Uh, but Peyton Manning, again, one of the best regular season quarterbacks of all time. Again, in that debate with Aaron Rodgers for two or three. Number three, I got Patrick Mahomes. 
I got Patrick Mahomes at three. If he wins, maybe I'll think about moving him up to two. But again, I test is one of the best I've ever seen. Um, deserves to be the best quarterback right now. Uh, no debate. Three, uh, two Super Bowls could be making a third. Great numbers. I have him at three. Two, I have Joe Montana. Four Super Bowls, three Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, again, great quarterback, was the original GOAT, uh, so I play him at two. And then number one, it's Tom Brady. I just mentioned it. So many reasons. You know, I test to me, the best ever. Production, best ever. Career, best ever. When you're the best and greatest at everything, there's no debate. It's you're the greatest of all time. There should be no debate with, I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes, no disrespect. But Tom Brady even said it himself. When somebody wins seven Super Bowls, I'll be the first one to tell them, you know, how awesome it is and, you know, great you are and hand it off to them. We'll see. But again, seven Super Bowls, five Super Bowl MVPs, three regular season MVPs, a myriad of awards and statistics held in the honor of the GOAT, Tom Brady. So there you have it. Uh, If you were on the fence of the GOAT, hopefully that put it to rest. Um, Put that conversation out to pasture, so to speak. Because Tom Brady is the GOAT. Now, if anybody has any questions, or if I hear any other future things, it'll be be great to update my quarterback list and talk about, rehash this with you. Because it ain't changing for a while. Tom Brady, GOAT. That's all that matters. Hope you all have a great weekend. Uh, Pro Bowl is on, uh, if you care about that, again, Probably won't watch it. Have to find something to do this weekend before the Super Bowl is here next weekend. But hope you all have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.